Welcome to the teaching ministry of Bishop Daniel Harley, the resident pastor of Christ Our Hope Cathedral, Kudumansville, and overseer of the KZN Council of Churches. Bishop Daniel Harley is a son of Bishop Dag Hewitt Miller, the founder and bishop of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. Bishop Daniel Harley has a strong passion for missions and evangelism and has preached the gospel over many years. Join us now for a life-changing experience. Hallelujah. All right. Let us pray. Father, thanks a million for tonight. Thanks for this opportunity to be together. Speak your word into our hearts. Speak to us in a way that will understand. Let your word impact our hearts and draw, draw us closer and closer to you. In the name of Jesus, we glorify you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Please sit down. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 is the piece of scripture we want to read tonight. Tonight is just a quick Bible study on how to be spiritual as a Christian. It's just a quick introductory um, teaching from the word of God. How to be spiritual. Amen. Amen. So I read from the Bible. It says, And I, brethren, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, I'm reading verse 1, 2, and 3. It says, I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual. Okay, this is the King James. So he says that I couldn't speak unto you as speaking to spiritual people, but as unto carnal as unto carnal Christian, even as unto babies in Christ. Verse 2. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for until now ye were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able. Verse 3. For ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envying, strife, and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? Hallelujah. So, and he goes on and on to talk about, to give them why he's saying that they are carnal. Okay? That's why he tells them, verse 4, if you like, for just for, because it's the Bible, let's read it. It says, for while one said, I'm of Paul, another said, I'm of Apollos, are ye not carnal? Okay, so he's giving them an example of their divisions, okay, as a proof of carnality. Then he goes on and on and on. And his main thing is that let's focus on, on God. That's why he says, Paul plants Apollo's waters, but it is God who gives the increase. The main person you should belong to is God. Amen. Do you get it? It's God. So then he says, the one that plants, the one that waters is nothing. God is the main person we are looking at. We are just laborers. So the one who planted, I'm in verse 8 now, the one who planted has done his job, and the one who watered has also done his job. But we are all laborers together, working together. Hallelujah. Okay? But that's a different discussion to have. And everybody who is doing the little they can have their reward. But the main thing I want to talk about is how you and I can be spiritual Christians. Amen. Amen. How we can be spiritual Christians. Okay? How we can be spiritual Christians. He says that even depending on what type of Christian you are and how you can be spoken to. Please go back to verse 1. Let's just study the scriptures for 30 minutes, then we go home. He says, I couldn't speak speak unto you as unto spiritual people. It means there's a way to speak to spiritual people. There's a way to speak to spiritual people. And this really applies when it comes to correction. When it comes to advice. Do you get correction, rebuke, advice? Not praises. Because as for praises... We all like, you, you are looking very nice. Your hairstyle is very nice. Your shoe is very, very nice. We all like it. Don't we like it? 
Uh -huh. So that one, the difference is not, it doesn't really make much of a difference. But when it comes to rebuke, correction, instruction, direction, there's a way you speak to spiritual people. And there's even a way you speak to educated people and a way you speak to uneducated people. Do you know that it's easier to tell an educated person you are a fool than to tell an uneducated person you are a fool? Am I safe now? Thank you. I mean, let's say somebody is saying something and you tell the person, don't be silly. Depending on their level of education, understanding, intelligence, and how they will understand. Somebody, when I went to the church, the pastor told me I'm silly. Meanwhile, the pastor advised you not to be. You, you, you get it? Like you are going there. You see, when, <laughs> you are going, you tell, don't behave like a child. Hey, when I went, my boss told me I'm behaving like a child. No, 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 no. He advised you not to. It's like you are beginning to show signs that you are about to go there. Do, do you get it? You are going there. So, like, I, I watch a guy talking to a, 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 I mean, he was having a conversation with a prime minister. They were friends. Now, he was having a conversation with the prime minister. And as he was having the conversation with him, he started to talk about something. Then the prime minister was, was telling him, don't go on that line. Don't go on that line. Do, do you get it? And the, person, the guy immediately knew that, heard from what the prime minister was saying, that the call is being recorded. Do you get the call is being recorded? But if it was a, a buffoon, I'm talking, you understand. Why should it tell you? You don't want me to talk about this. You, then you have incriminated yourself completely. Do you get it? In law, there's something we call plausible deniability, which is to say that you didn't know. Do you get it? You, but you know, in your head, you know. But nobody said it to you. Do, do, you, do you get it? Nobody said it to you. So you, when you are called in court, because you'll be surprised, lying in court is what we call libel. Libel is a great offense in court. So when you come to court, you can't lie. So so that you are not forced to lie in court, you don't know. Perjury, no. Perjury, rather. Yeah, you perjury, you, 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 perjury, you perjury yourself. Do you get it? Now, so I'm saying that there's a way to talk to spiritual people that you can't talk to carnal people like that. Do you get? And Paul is saying that I, there, there are things I wanted to tell you, but because you are not spiritual, I couldn't say them to you. Is it possible that there are things God wants to tell us, but he's waiting for us to build ourselves up spiritually so that he can tell those things to us? When the Bible says, call on me and I will answer, I will show you great and mighty things that you know not of. It means there are things that God wants to show us each time we call on him. Whether we FaceTime or we call a video call, there are things that he wants to tell us. That he's able to tell us how much we can contain by our spiritual level. Do, do, do you get it? By our spiritual level. Back to our original. So he says, he that who have given you milk to drink. Means I've spoken to you in milk. Milk is nice, just telling you nice things. But solid food that can make you grow in a certain way. I've not been able to give it to you because you can't bear it. That time you couldn't bear it. And even now you still can't handle it. Then he goes on to give them signs of carnality, signs of being a baby. Being carnal and being a baby is the same thing. I say it again. Being carnal and being a spiritual baby is the same thing. It says, verse 1, it says, are you not carnal even as babes? 
This is it's like canal and baby, same. There's no different. They just have different names, but you are still babies. Your, your spiritual level is the level of babies. So Paul is encouraging us to grow up. Then verse 3, he shows us the reasons why he's saying that people are crying. He says, for as long as there's envy, strive, and division amongst you, which are signs of carnality. That you will see there will be strife, there will be envy, jealousy, division. I am of Paul, I am of Apollos. I am, all these things are signs that we are carnal. Okay. And I'm saying that God is calling on us all to grow spiritually. He's calling on us to grow spiritually. Pastor, but I've been around for a long time. Being around for a long time doesn't make you grow spiritually. In fact, a spiritual person is determined by which part of you dominates you. A man is made up of 1 Thessalonians 5, 23. The Bible says, talks about the whole spirit, the whole soul, and the whole body. Be preserved blameless unto the coming of. I said, I pray the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, completely. And by this, I mean, I pray that God, he sanctify your whole spirit, your whole soul, your body, be preserved blameless to the coming of Jesus Christ. So it's like you are made up of these three portions. And whichever of them controls you, these are all powerhouses. Whichever of them controls you determines what type of Christian you are. If you are controlled by the flesh, you give in to your fleshly appetites. Do you get it? Which makes you a fleshy Christian. Fleshly appetites, what like eating, sleeping, anything your flesh wants to do. That, that's it. Sexing yourself rampantly and randomly. Do you get it? Watching television is like just gratifying the desires of the flesh. Both good and bad desires. You see, usually when we talk about this, we, we, we somehow focus on the bad desires of the flesh. But even some of the good desires, uh, to have a good prayer life, you have to deny yourself of sleep. Sleep is not evil. Sleep is good for your health. Even doctors prescribe it. Sometimes even when you are sick, what they prescribe for you is bed rest. So sleep sometimes even works as a medication for your body to heal. So sleep in itself is not a bad thing, but if you are dominated by it, giving to sleep such that because of sleep you are not able to do anything you have to do. Or giving to food, eating, you eat so much that you cannot get anything done. It's like Food. I told you the story of the guy who told me that he doesn't get out of his house if he has not eaten. Do you remember that story? So, one day, there was a guy who told me that I had started a church, a young church, and he was perhaps like my first member or second member. So, I was doing everything with him. And he said to me that he doesn't get out of his house when he has not eaten. So I said, hey, okay, that's also a, a lesson of life. Or what, what did my son say to the other one today? Life lesson. Yeah, one of them was telling the other person that he needed to do something and it takes a long, it will take a long time. Then the other one said to you that good things take time. Come to those who wait. Takes time or something. Then he said to him, look, this is not the time to give me a life lesson. I said, hey. <laughs> then he said, oh, it's, I'm, just, it's just, I'm just saying, Jay. But it's just, it's just what? It's just the truth of life. Do you see? But that was the argument in my car today when I was coming. A life lesson. It, it's too amazing. <laughs> Do you get it? So I said, this guy has given me a life lesson that when he doesn't get out of his house, when he has not eaten. So I said, okay, no problem. So one day, I went to pick him for a prayer meeting. And the prayer meeting was starting at 6 a.m. Do you get early in the morning, 6. And we are the first members. We have to go 
and go and hunt for the other members to bring them to start at 6 a.m. So, you know, by 5, we had left to go and catch. The, when I took him from him, I said in my head, not even to him. I said in my head that, oh, as for today, do you get it? It's broken. Do you get it? It's broken. The guy will get it. So I used to ask, how would this guy learn how to fast and all this? So I said, oh, this is a chance to teach him how to fast. Because when we call him for a meeting at 6 a.m., although we have not said that we are fasting, we are fasting. I mean, you shouldn't eat on Tuesdays and Fridays when flow has not ended. It's a type of fasted life. Nobody has to tell you that we are fasting, but you yourself have to see that. The prayer meeting starts at 6 a.m. Then it means that, I mean, flow, Friday flow is at 6 a.m. I have a prayer meeting from 4 a.m. on Friday before flow even comes. So if I eat before flow, when did I eat? That's why prophet keeps saying, don't fry an egg. <laughs> Do you get so I knew that without saying, I am going to teach this guy how to fast. I reversed from his driveway, we started to move. Then he put his hand, his, he started with his right, because it was on the other side. Then he put it in his pocket. He was wearing cargo pants, the one with the pocket. Then he pulled out something. When I look at it, four slices of bread. I was so perplexed, I couldn't say anything. I'm talking about somebody who is dominated by the flesh, a fleshy Christian. Then he started to chew it. So I couldn't say anything. I was confused. So I kept driving. When he finished that one, he put it on the left, down. Then he put it out, four. And then four by four. Then he finished. Then he put the right on this side also. The tie. Oh. Look. Look, one day, one day when we meet him, I'll let him tell you the story. It's not a parable. This is a real Lazarus and the rich man. And he took out four from this side. So I thought about it quickly. Then I checked from my side like I was chase, changing the gear to fifth gear. Then I used it to hit the side. That I saw that he was packed on that side also. Sixteen, four by four. Yeah. You, you see that card that they write? Four X four. Yeah, it goes to sixteen. Yeah, four here, four here, four here, four here. Fully loaded, packed. So you see somebody like this, you can't teach him to fast. You can't. And I realized that that was all the time. I was with him for about three years or four years. All the three, four years, that was the problem. He used to receive money from Botswana government. And Botswana government really looks after their students. So they'll send him a lot. The money he used to receive was more than my salary. How do I? One of the guys who was in my church, I advised him that. This money you are receiving can do so much. As a student, he bought a car. And we were used to, then it became his car and my car. That's what we use for church work. He said, ah, he has not thought about it. I said, oh no, when the money comes, you can buy a car. And the money came and he bought a car. Yeah, instead of bread. And the difference between that guy and this guy, that guy is a reverend minister today in the church. Has gone to Jerusalem, has gone to Ghana. All these places. And this other guy nowhere to be found. The bread-eating guy. Sasko. And this guy who is a reverend minister today, he came about a year or two later. It's not how long you have been in the church that makes you spiritual. Because this advice, I couldn't give it to this bread-eating guy. He will get his, his money today. And he would go and he had this, I don't know what, beloved. Look, he can stand at the, it was the days of the phone booth and phone card. And talk all his money that he has received away. Like the money came today. He will be at the phone. I'll go and, if the money comes on Saturday, 
Sunday church will be a problem because by the time I'm waking him up to go to church, he has been talking on the phone the whole day, the whole night till the next day. Giving to appetite. Bible says, when you are invited to a king's palace table to eat, put a knife to your throat. Don't eat like because the food is there you are. And he used to come to me every, his lunch was on me every Sunday. I'm sure that's why he used to come to church. So some of you are giving to food. I mean food. So because of food, uh, Esau lost his birthright because of food. So I'm saying that whichever one dominates you determines what you will be. If you are dominated by sleep, dominated by food, dominated by just looking good, doing makeup, fleshly things, you cannot be spiritual. The other one is soul. The other part, party here is, is that put an, if thou be a man giving to appetite, it means you know how to eat. If you are here, you are giving to, anytime you are invited somewhere, eat before you come. Oh, eat before you come. It's a life lesson. Eat something. Eat pop before you come. So I have a solid foundation. Yeah, 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 also you go and disgrace yourself because you already, when they say giving to me, it's like when you see food, you can't control yourself. You really can eat. So there's no way you will see food and not eat. So it says, use something to lock your throat so that it's like the food cannot go in. Yeah. Those who lose weight by tummy tucking and what's the other one? Is it lipo? The one that they close their stomach. Gastro bypass. They, they make the stomach smaller. So you put something small inside and the stomach is full. So you yourself, you are not full, but the stomach is full. You can't take any more. Then you see that they, they lose weight all the time because they don't eat enough. That's all. They become slim. It's also a way. Do you get back? Because if you leave the full stomach, oh, everything will go inside. You want to lose weight, just change how much you eat. You suddenly see. Make it a lifestyle. Even change the size of the plate. Change the size. I know a guy, he wanted to lose weight. I've not seen anybody lose weight like him in a long time. He used to eat like a platter. No, proper platter. And when he's even for, it's like he's coming for seconds. He decided that he's going to lose weight. He started to eat in a saucer. No matter how much you load the saucer, it's just, it's a saucer. Everything, everything will go in the one saucer. Salad, rice, chicken, everything. Small so you eat it like that. Suddenly, we were there when the guy started to finish. Yeah. We're all surprised. No, he surprised all of us. He started wearing baby clothes. Thank you very much. Do you get it? Yeah. So you want to lose weight, try it and see. Not that starve yourself. Just reduce how much you eat and let it become a lifestyle. Something you can do all the time. Not that you do it three days, then you fall off the wagon, then you eat four days. That way you become extra large, super large. Yeah, you become like American McDonald's. The second one is the soulish Christian. Somebody who's dominated by the soul. We are coming to a spiritual person, okay? Now, somebody who's dominated by the soul gives in to soulish desires. These are the people who cry a lot. It's all about their feelings. I feel good. Music, loud music. I mean, soulish. Giving to their soul. Anything the soul feels like. My soul, eat and be merry. That's how they are. So soulish. And a lot of people have been in the church for a long time, but they are controlled by their soul. Those are the people you see, jealousy, this envy, fighting, and you smiled at this person more than you smiled at me. You called this person. I mean, we have one of these type of soulish Christians. A young, like, 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 if we take our church, this is how it works. 
when you are a baby Christian, we give you a lot of attention because we want you to grow. When you become established, the attention reduces because you are old enough to look after yourself and we expect you to also look after somebody. You see, and if you are looking after somebody, it gives us a reason to be together. It gives us a reason to be together. And when we are together, we'll talk a lot about looking after the people, caring for the people. It's not now we are going to, how's your leg, how's your this? We are all shepherds. We are all watching the people. So it, it becomes a certain sense like we are in a business meeting. It doesn't mean that we don't care about you. you see, now we had one like that. She told the baby Christian that enjoy it whilst it lasts. Oh, you say what? They are taking you to the camp. Enjoy it whilst it lasts. Enjoy it whilst it lasts. That's what she said. Look, I saw a pastor, a pastor, a pastor. She told me, all you are interested is in numbers. A pastor. In this church. Come on. Mercy. Totally. Mercy. Yeah. All you are interested is in numbers and the people. And I'm like, who have we been sent to? Is it not to the people? And you say you are a pastor. You are a disgrace to a pastor. You are a disgrace to the pastoral office. I didn't say all these things because. He said, I couldn't talk to you as unto spiritual. If I was talking to a spiritual person, I would have said, you are a disgrace to the pastoral ministry. And a spiritual person will understand it. But I knew I was talking to a soulish and a carnal person. So I, I just said, okay. I just said, okay. I, all I just, I, my words were, a few, okay, you are right. Thank you. Those are, those are, those are my, okay, you are right. Thank you. Okay, you are right. I mean, for about an hour. I said, oh, okay, you are right. Thank you. Okay, you are right. Thank you. Okay, you are right. Thank you. Like that, I was just, so that it's not like I'm saying the same word all the time. I just shuffling them. I was counting one, two, three, when I get to 17, okay. One, two, three, you are right. One, two, three, thank you. One, two, like that, sequence, sequentially. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you look at such a person, will never happen in the ministry. The ministry is over. Unless there's a mental change. That the reason why God has called you is because of the people, not because of you. Not because of, if the people didn't exist, God won't call you. What, would, what does God need you for? I mean, let's be serious. What does God need you for if it's not for the people that he's sending you to? He said to Paul, I've called you to be a light to the nations, not a light for yourself. Acts, he said, I've called you to send you, Paul, I've called you to as a light to the nations. Then we have somebody who's dominated by the spirit. That's somebody who's, that's now when you are dominated or controlled by the spirit, then now, you are becoming spiritual. It means you are controlled by spiritual things. Controlled by spiritual. Your spirit is, the, is what dominates you. It's what controls you. So your flesh feels like this, but you allow your spirit to do what it has to do. So now, how do we grow the spirit so that it can dominate us for us to become spiritual? i give you the first key and then we'll look at the rest later. Become a spiritual Christian by praying often. Become spiritual by praying often. Jesus said, pray lest you fall into temptation. Pray so that you don't fall into temptation. Prayer makes you a, a, a solid Christian, makes you a spiritual Christian. And any Christian that prays grows up spiritually. He's pulled out of temptation and he grows up spiritually. What do we mean you grow up spiritually? You become more like God. Anybody you spend time with, a lot of time with, you become more like the person. You know the person more. You become more like the person. You fall in love with the person. I can put you and your worst enemy on an island alone. In no time, you'll be in love with one another. 
Yeah. Your worst enemy, you'll be in love with one another. Because that's anybody you spend time with. A lot of people you see, they think, oh, this person must be some way. Until you start spending time with the person, you begin to see things you like about the person. I remember I pointed a guy out to a certain lady. Oh, this guy will be a nice guy for you. She said, oh. Until the pastor was going on missions, then she, he took that girl. The girl was living with the pastor already. So the girl was already going with the pastor. Then he decided to take that guy to go and help him on the mission. Today, they are husband and wife. of time. So you don't want to fall in love with somebody. Don't spend time too much time. Every day whatsapping, every day chatting, every day sitting with the air. By the time you realize you have developed something which you shouldn't have developed. Let the church say amen. amen. In the night everybody is asleep. Then you are whatsapping, chatting under the pillow, under the blanket, chatting. You felt you by the time you wake up, you will see your eyes will be glistering. Yeah, and shining. Yeah. Twinkling. Glooming and sparkling and shining. Yeah, glowing. Your eyes will be just, you, you, you don't need escom. <laughs> your eyes will be brightening up like that. The same way as prayer is spending time talking to God. So as you spend time talking to God, you become more and more like God. And the Bible says God is spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So the more you spend time with him, the more you become like him. The closer you can. A spiritual person is somebody who is close to God. The closer you will get to God. Many of us are very far from God because we don't, we don't even make time to pray. And it's possible to be around a nice thing, a beautiful thing, and not pray. The disciples of Jesus, James, Peter, John, amongst many others, were with Jesus, all, they were with the greatest anointing that ever existed. Jesus took them to go and pray. They couldn't pray for an hour. Jesus just left them one hour. When he came, they were snoring. Peter was snoring in Zulu and <laughs> James was probably snoring in Corsa. Yeah, James, James must be. No, I'm sure Peter rather must be Corsa. Because who cut the ear of the soldier? Ah, Peter was Khaled. Oh, okay. But they couldn't pray. If you are here, you want to be spiritual. You have to invest yourself in prayer. And you can be in the church and grow into a routine. There are a lot of prayerless Christians in the church. There are more prayerless Christians in the church than praying Christians in the church. More. More. Pastor Zos, more. Even in your church. More. That regular prayer it's not there. You make one hour to pray. You see them in the church happy, moving around all the day. They've acquired a good habit of coming to church, which is good. But you must pray so that whilst you are in the church, you can be, because you can be a carnal Christian in the church. But the question I should ask is, how come Peter had a knife on himself to cut somebody's ears? Like as he was coming to church, he was packed already. He's coming to a prayer meeting. He was already armed. <laughs> he was already armed no blunt. He used to come to church with a knife. But it's not strange because me too in my time, I've seen church members come to church with a gun. And usually it's the unspiritual ones. Yeah, and sometimes the unspiritual ones are the ones who make the most noise. Because how many times did you hear John speak? When Jesus was around, how many times? The only time we heard it is when he asked, when they said they asked him to ask Jesus who will betray. But you didn't hear John say a lot of things, talking a lot. But you could hear Peter talking a lot. 
So sometimes you see them, they talk a lot. When you hear them, you believe these people, when the pastor is not there, they are the ones who are there. Shelley, you know Shelley. <laughs> Shelley. Yeah. Come and remove a gun in the church and threaten church members. Peter was like that because he had a knife. So as soon as he, hey, no, he removed his knife, hey, come on now. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and you will say that he cut the soldiers. But I'm sure sometimes he threatened some of the yeah, disciples. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, some people say silent. They just do it for you to see that it's there. Talk much just in case this guy has a knife. Jesus says he's a rock, but he has a knife. Oh, please. Hey, he's a rock and a knife. Please, it's too much. But pray. Regular prayer. Everybody in this church must at least pray one hour a day if you want to be spiritual. At least. And this is just constant prayer. So that on the days that you have time, that's when you pray a long prayer. That's when you pray for a long time. But at least daily prayer, one hour and change time. You know that from 5 a.m. to 6 a.m. I pray. Or from 4 a.m. to 5 a.m. I pray. Or from this time to this time I pray. Oh, every single person who wants to be spiritual must have this and I'm not talking about singing. I'm talking about pray. Jesus didn't say sing so that you don't fall into it. A lot of the singers are perhaps the most carnal people you can meet. Yeah, and they use the singing to deceive us because you and I can't sing. Do you get it? We can't, you know, when somebody does something you can't do, you become so perplexed. You become so amazed. You are so awed by what they do. You are so enchanted by what they are doing that you, you, you don't even want to do it. Especially when what they are doing serves a spiritual purpose. Oh, no, they have finished you. No, they have finished you. But when you come closer, you may find out totally. I mean, I had a lady who was teaching our children, teaching them dreams, forcing them to dream. Yet fornicating rampantly. Yeah, so when the children come for white church, say, come and share your dream. You two come and share. Everybody, so now children are also, you know children, when they see everybody do, there's peer pressure. They are not developed enough to overcome it. So even people who have not dreamt, they, they have to, they remember the cartoons they were watching and then Tom and Jerry, then they start to share Tom and Jerry as a prophetic dream. My office is next to the children's church, okay? So sometimes I hear them giving testimonies. And sometimes one of the things I wonder to myself, maybe are they not under too much pressure to give a testimony? But when I listen to their testimony, I realize that they've even matured. Sometimes I want to thank God for Bishop Daniel, that he's my pastor. Like real things. You see the children giving testimonies about real things. You see, I want to thank God that I woke up this morning, it's like somebody has taken their time to teach them of things to be grateful for. Do you get it? Not imaginary things. Yeah. But this one is like forcing them to dream. Now, my problem is not even the dream, but it's like the same thing. And the person sits here looking seemingly spiritual. But. But. On the other side, Actively involved in fleshly activities. Rigorously. Yeah. Do, do, do you get it? And I'm saying that you can be around and acquire. So, so like, it's enchanting when the person... I remember when the person said, you have had it. I maybe many years ago, a, a guy, he said he had a prophecy for me. You know, Prophet Kakra had come to visit my, the, the branch we were at just maybe two weeks after that. So suddenly everybody said they were prophetic. prophetic. 
Do you get? That's what happens. Like, if prophet comes here now to share an evangelistic message, all of you will say you are evangelists. Especially when he comes and we say evangelist, we have a mirror eye. All of you will say you are evangelists when you have not done one crusade. <laughs> Which is fine. <laughs> do, do you get it? Because it's like Bible says that desire earnestly the best gift. I agree. But so when Prophet Kaka came and left, everybody in the church says they are prophets. I said, okay, no, prophet is not a prophet, but let the gift. So one guy came, he said he had a prophecy for me. He came to tell me I fornicated something. He had a dream. And, and that time too, I wasn't I wasn't born again properly. So, <laughs> so I, I said to him, I said to you, oh. I'm not sure you were asleep. <laughs> you were not asleep. I said to him, I said, well, I'm telling you something, the Bible. So I said, look, you don't have to force. I mean, I said, oh, no, you don't have to force it. I said, let me advise you. You see Prophet Kakra over there. I recorded his messages for him. It has taken him years. Didn't you listen to the preaching? It took him years to get to where he is. You don't get there in two weeks. Okay, so let me give you advice. You are not asleep. So it's not, it's an imagination. And I thought you said, it's an imagination. Okay. <laughs> and I tell and I just walk away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember him so well. Yeah, today he says, he's a pastor, he's doing his best. In fact, when I meet him, I have to remind him, do you remember that? Your prophecy, your fake prophecy that you gave me. <laughs> <laughs> you could have easily sport my ministry. <laughs> that was a baby Christian that I'm now growing. You have come to give me a false rose. <laughs> but I'm saying that. Pray. It helps you to grow up spiritually. If you don't pray, you won't grow. If you don't pray, you won't grow. And prayer doesn't come to us naturally. It doesn't come to us naturally. I finish. It doesn't come to us naturally. It's not like something that we yearn for. No, that's why when Jesus, when Paul gave us an example of what the Holy Spirit helps us with, he says that likewise the Spirit helps us in our infirmities, which refers to our weaknesses. Then he gives an example, and the only example Paul could use, Romans, Romans 8, 26, the only example of our weakness he could use was prayer. What's prayer? Look, that's the example. For we don't know how to pray how we ought to, but the Holy Spirit helps us with the prayer. So he uses prayer as, he didn't even use fornication, prayer. Which means, Prayer is not an easy thing to do. Not, no, not anything else, but prayer. It's not an easy thing to do. So it won't come to itself when I feel like many people, look, if I'm to ask how many of you pray every day, you will see that it will become a problem. Yeah, once a week, twice a week. Do you get it? That if you don't intentionally plan it, you will never pray. It means you will never grow up spiritually. Prayer is not like eating. That something moves in your inside, then you start to eat. No, no, no. Even when you don't eat, your stomach sends you a reminder that you are hungry. Yeah, you see the gastric juices beginning to move. And when they move, they don't move quietly. Even when you are in public, they move. And anytime, anytime they move, everybody thinks that you are about to let something out. No, how many of you have felt uncomfortable when the gastric juices is trying to move in public? Leah, your gastric juices don't move. Uh, no, I just want to be sure. Ah, uh, you don't feel uncomfortable, sorry. I have to stick to the question. <laughs> but when the juice is it, it, trying to move, from, it's sending you a reminder. Usually it does that to send you a reminder that something must go out or something must come in. Notification. Mm -hmm. And they all wait. They usually wait until it's quiet. And everybody can hear. 
Just in case you don't hear, your neighbor can remind you that, ah, sister, feed your liver, feed your liver. <laughs> your liver is calling you, feed it. Yeah. And you are hoping that it will keep quiet. It, oh, you, I know, we are going home. When we go home, I'll stop. Then it says no. And sometimes it gathers itself. You can feel it gathering, but you don't know how to tell it. I have heard, have heard. Tula Baba, Tula. It will never hear it. But prayer is not like that. If you don't intentionally, prayer is like quiet time. If you don't intentionally plan, that between this time, set an unchangeable time, a favorable, I close with this statement, a favorable, practical, and unchangeable time to pray, you will never pray. You will never pray. What do I mean? I explain this one, then we close. One, the time must be practical. You can't set a time. I pray at 1.17 a.m. Meanwhile, you know yourself that, look, you, you are not able to sleep early. Like, like if you take me, say, I know that I have to wake up at dawn to pray. Depending on what I have done, I can just force myself to fall asleep now. Yeah, by force sleeping. You are talking to me now, no, I'm forcing to sleep. Because I know that I have to wake up at one. If I don't fall asleep, I can't wake up. Do you get it? But you know that you, you waking up is difficult for you. When you sleep, look, it takes even angels <laughs> to wake you up. Then you are set 1.35 a.m. How are you going to wake up? So let the time be practical, a time that you can do. For some of you, between the hours of midday, and one will be the best time for you to pray because by that time, no matter what, you are awake and you are free. And then you pray at that time. One practical a time you can attain, not a time that is unattainable. Simply unattainable. No. Number two, the time must be unchangeable. You don't change it so that you form a habit. I gave you three words. I've forgotten the third one. Practical. Fav the time is also favorable. Let me do favorable before I change up. Favorable time to pray. Favorable in the sense that it's not now that your husband is asking for sex. Then you say you are praying. Those prayers God doesn't answer. I just want you to know. I don't think God answers those prayers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I don't think God. I'm just telling you. All the prayers you have prayed that I feel like, go and check. There are no answers to them. <laughs> I'm just joking. But I'm sure. Your husband is, we have come for you once lunch. Then you said, that's my prayer time. You know that that's cooking time. That's my prayer. No, no, no. A time that is favorable, so it's free. It's not now lectures have begun. You have chosen eight to nine. Meanwhile, you have lectures at that time. How can you pray? I mean, be realistic. So the time should be favorable, such that prayer works in that time. Maybe that's the time that the house is quiet. That's the time that your roommate is gone for lectures. Not when she wakes up and she's now, she's playing music, shouting or talking on the phone, laughing, watching a movie, and she has turned on her Bluetooth speaker, a movie that you also want to watch. A series that she's watching with you. You all finish at episode six, and you decided to go and sleep. Just when you started to pray, pray then she starts episode seven. Then they say, previously on the blacklist. 
So you are praying Then you hear some things you remember. He said, mm. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Then you come and sit and watch episode 7. By the time you realize you have watched three episodes. And when we ask you, have you prayed? So, oh, I've prayed. But you know you've not prayed enough. I, I had a camp with some people. I asked them, how long do you pray? The times they gave, they all, when I had, they said, all of them said they pray. So I said, how long do you pray? And they said they pray every day. So I said, okay, no problem. At least, thank God, you, you all believe in prayer. How long do you pray? Two minutes. Uh, three minutes. I mean, the longest was like seven minutes. It's like this guy, and this seven minutes is three times. He says, I pray three times a day. Yeah, three times a day. Two in the, like Daniel, two in the morning, two in the afternoon, and three in the evening. Where you put it together, seven minutes. And the person believes, I pray. Travelling prayers, I tell you. Yeah. Do you get it? So, church of God. And the other, the final one is what? Unchangeable. If you choose that, your body even gets used to it. Your mind even gets used to it. So, if you stick to it, you don't change it. You will see, once it gets to that time, you see, you do the things you do by, by, by like your body clock. Do you see? It's like, at this time I do this, at this time I do that. So your body also tunes to that thing. Now when we wake up, we do this before we do this. When we do this before we do this. So you realize that, oh, even when we say, let's wake up for prayer meeting, maybe 3 a.m. When you start, it's very difficult. But after a while, you see, you'll be sleeping 3 o'clock, then your eyes will open. Even 30 minutes to 3 o'clock, you see, your mind will be threatening you. It's time to wake up. It's you see, the sleep is not enjoyable again. The, the sleep loses a certain sweetness. It starts to tell you, you see, the alarm has rung. You didn't wake up. Even you have missed the prayer meeting. It, it, when we used to pray on Zoom, it will tell you, the Zoom is on and you are asleep and they can see you. Meanwhile, it, you have not even woken up to turn on your your Zoom. Your body will be threatening you. Wake up. They can see you. Your camera is not off. You, yeah. Because you, your system gets used to it. If you are here, you want to pray. Set a time. Take steps that make you pray. Set a time for it. A practical time. A what was favorable time. And then unchangeable time to pray. And make sure one hour a day pray. You will begin to see. You try it for one month. Try it for 30 days. You will see how spiritual you will feel from... Suddenly, you will begin to feel... Even con- what, what do we mean by when somebody is spiritual? Somebody, the person is conscious of the spirit. Not that when you are moving around, then angels are moving. No, definitely when you are moving around, there will be angels moving around. But you will become... Con- even right now, as you are here, there are angels here. The only difference is that you are not conscious of it. So when you do this thing, suddenly you will become conscious of spiritual things. So you will notice so many spiritual things. So many. Even you will feel, I was preaching somewhere, as I was walking, I could feel somebody walking behind me. So I decided, I'm going to time this person and I'm going to turn around suddenly <laughs> and catch the person. Do <laughs> you get it? And catch the person. So I was moved, then I had a step behind me. But at the point, my mind was playing games. I said, no, it's the keyboardist. Then, boom, then I turn around. When I turn around, there was nobody there. And every big stage, and everybody was watching me. Like that. I just turned There was nobody there. Now, before that meeting, I had gone for a prayer meeting. We had been there for about four days, praying day and night, day and night, day and night. Then the holiday, the holiday, the weekend was a holiday. And the holiday, I was doing, teaching somewhere, a whole day somewhere, and preaching in another place on Sunday. That was like we are on holiday to come and continue from Monday. That was the break. So when I came for the break, I could feel the presence all around me. 
become alert, conscious of spiritual things. Try it for, let's, if you like, let's take a, let's go for a bit. Try it for one month. Bible says, Acts 1 for it says, and these continuing in prayer. Prayer becomes effective when you continue in it. When you, con anything you do is the continuity, the consistency, the regularity of it. So do it regularly. Set a time. Everybody leave this place with a time that you have set that between this time and this time I'm going to pray. I go and play golf with pastor and there's a particular time no matter what it takes I'll go home yeah. oh you can convince me I won't be convinced they played this oh the game is very nice today today all your balls are going into the hole when it gets to that time I'm going home there's nothing you can say that will not make me go home so one day I think something happened then I explained to pastor Lundan, the reason why I go home at that time is because it's my prayer time that's why I go home it's not that I'm not enjoying the game. But if I don't go and pray at that time, I'll miss my prayer time. So whatever you are, you can even play holy one, I'll leave you and go home. <laughs> I'll leave you and go home. Because at that time, I want to pray. And I've been doing it for a long time. If you also do, you begin to see a massive change. You begin to see, a, and as for spiritual growth, there's always room for growth. And the Bible says, until we all come in the fullness and measure and stature of the Lord Jesus Christ. Until you become like Jesus, there's still room for your growth. There's still room for your growth. There's still room. When you preach this type of message, sometimes some of the people who have advanced a little, they say, oh, this message is for the people who have just gotten born again. No, no, no. No, until we become like Jesus, there's still room. Still room. There's still room. Until you're already like Jesus. But once you are not like Jesus, there's still room to grow. To grow. To grow. I see you grow in the name of Jesus. Stand to your feet. Let's bring the service to a close. <clears throat> Lift your hands and just pray for yourself shortly. And say, Lord, give me wisdom to develop spiritually. Let me take my prayer life seriously from today. Let me advance, let me improve, let me move forward in my prayer life. In the name of Jesus. Help me to take practical steps that will make me pray. That will make me pray. That will make me pray. That will make practical steps. Practical steps. Starting from tomorrow. Practical steps. Practical steps. Practical steps, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Give me grace. Holy Spirit, help me. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. to mortify our members that we can grow up spiritually. We give you praise, Lord. We give you glory. I pray for a special grace 
from the Holy Spirit for everybody listening to me right now. I pray, help us to develop in our area, in the area of prayer and fellowship with you. We give you glory, Lord. We give you praise. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. Pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I accept that I'm a sinner. Please forgive me of all my sins. I believe that you died for me and you rose again. I confess that Jesus is the Lord of my life. Thank you, Jesus, for dying to save me. Amen. Why don't you put your hands together for the Lord? And you may be seated in the presence of God. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us. We believe you have been blessed by this life-transforming message by Bishop Daniel Harley. For more information, contact us at 204 Peter Kirchhoff Street, Peter Maritzburg, or call 083-773-1605. God richly bless you.